Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Gamers Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Hello. How's it going? Good. Are you ready to beat back the hordes? I am. Oh, man, we played Plural, the same not game. Just, you know, horde. I know we did play the same game, and it had hordes in it, but it, it wasn't did. like Warcraft. <laughs> no, we got that out of our system last week. Very much so. So I, okay. I saw the game that we're going to talk about this week mm. as a post from, I think it was like the the PR company because both Ryan and I follow uh, Evolve PR, which is uh, promotes a whole bunch of different games, Canadian company. So we follow this, uh, this account on Twitter and the account tweeted out this image of this character like jumping from a dock to a boat and almost being eaten by like a megalodon sized zombie shark and you guys i was sold <laughs> yeah. Yeah. i have literally never heard of this franchise before and you guys know me i am not a big zombie game person days gone being the big exception in my world but we played zombie army for dead war <laughs> yeah and, and guys, it's so it's literally the story of what would have happened if when Hitler was losing World War Two, he made everybody zombies. Mm -hmm. I don't even know why this is working for me, but it's definitely working for me because you're literally fighting off hordes of Nazi zombies and it works for some reason. Yeah. So this is obviously this being the fourth entry is a game that's been around for not not a whole long time but but a good chunk of time in the sense i think they churned not i shouldn't say churned but they they released three of these pretty successfully so the first one uh i think was a mode as part of sniper elite so this is a, a game developed by rebellion they're best known for their sniper elite games with a you know you you aim for the testicles and then it goes slow-mo and it hits the testicles and they go pop pop and the guy goes oh i'm dead <laughs> um not a joke oh my god that's real uh <laughs> just the image that you kind of convey with that pop pop is just yeah. probably making a lot of men cringe right now <laughs> i mean i'm just telling it like it is and there are gifts out there to prove it so all right <laughs> uh and that's gifts not gifts i wouldn't open that gift um <laughs> So they, it, I think it was a, it's a spinoff series of that franchise. And then the second one, I think, came out. And then and then the third one was considered like a trilogy. So they repackaged one and two and made three as well. And they cr it created a whole uh, complete package with campaign and horde mode. And now I was going to say, it had like a full-on proper story, right? Like three is the one where, uh, judging by the beginning of the Zombie Army 4 campaign, mm -hmm. you kind of like jump into the story at the point where the heroes of zombie army three have banished hitler to some other realm and so the zombie crisis should be ending and yet no it is not sometimes when it you is cut getting the, worse cut the head somehow. off it's a hydra right so uh, yeah <laughs> yeah it, the i'd never finished the third one but i played a a chunk of it and this is very similar it, it sort of the fourth one takes what worked in three and continues with that um, I feel like uh, they they really tighten up the controls. I don't remember. So the controls are still a little wonky. That was something you and I both experienced. We played co-op campaign. 
Um, they're yeah, a little so wonky, we should mention but... this. Is, it's kind of like a third person shooter, right? So mm -hmm. like, it's like first person shooter if you can just totally ignore your character. <laughs> like, technically, I guess it's more like almost like over the shoulder kind of. I don't know. I felt like I could never see my feet. Well, you were which always makes me... yeah. You're, you're... Like, so that, like, third person, I would think, usually is, like, you can back the camera way out. You can, like, look around corners and stuff. And this was much more, like, I don't know, like, two and a half person. Ah, it was kind it's, of weird. It's over the and shoulder, the point, for sure. Yeah. And so I just started to ignore, like, my actual character and just look at my crosshairs. And then it felt like a first person shooter. So it was kind of, like... Yeah, is it a second person shooter? I don't know. It, it was kind of weird. But I will say, shooting wise, like the guns felt really good and really satisfying. Like mm. you have like a sniper rifle and a shotgun, which everyone needs a shotgun in a zombie apocalypse. Mm -hmm. So I like I really enjoyed the shooting, but like you said, the controls are kind of janky. I did not like uh, running. As soon as I started, as soon as I hit the shift key and started to like sprint, then it was like hard to turn corners. It was, it was really, really weird. Yeah. And, and it, it felt like, you know, the, the problem I had with original Red Dead Redemption, where I said it looked like a horse, but it drove like a car. Yeah. That's what this felt like. As soon as I started running, it felt like all of a sudden my hitbox was like three times as wide and like three times as long. And I was like getting caught up on shit that I should not have been getting caught up on because it was like I was nowhere near it. Seemingly. Mm -hmm. It's like it had a. The game had a hard time processing where I was standing when I was moving faster than it thought I should be, which is really weird because, like, sprinting's built into the game. I didn't, like, hack anything. Yeah. There's so, really, there yeah. really wasn't a, a... From what I found when I was playing, like, you are you are sprinting in short bursts to sort of get away uh, occasionally as you're progressing through the game. Uh, mo most of the early stuff, so the first part of it is is very quiet as you're kind of making your way through the the intro to the campaign and then as you get into these uh some of them are arenas other times it's just a long stretch where you're just slowly sniping and shooting your way through a, a hall like a not a hallway but a but a pathway well, they, but it's kind of that's what it feels like though mm. it very it feels very uh contained so mm -hmm. like you say whether you're like in a location that you have to hold or you're moving down a street or whatever, it does feel very, you feel very funneled often, uh, kind of from control point to control point. And they, they mix it up. Like at first you're kind of like trying to like feed this like fountain thing. But then another time you're trying to defend an army commander while the, like, uh, helping, everybody else kind of evacuate a city and you know like there's there's different reasons for having a control point but it very much is like hallway to control point to hallway to control point to hallway to control point rinse and repeat mm -hmm. which isn't necessarily bad because like i said the shooting is super intuitive and satisfying so the fact that i was just like slaughtering wave upon wave of this zombie horde i was actually totally 
cool with. And they're not mindless zombies, which was kind of good. Like they're there are enemies that seem to have some level of intelligence. So they're not just always shambling towards you. There's different enemy types. Like some of the zombies have guns, though they can't aim very much. But sometimes you just take damage because you're not paying attention to them. You know, like some of them are carrying like melee weapons. Some of them are um, like covered in dynamite and just come screaming, running in. Yeah, like there's, the there is a little. Yeah. There is a little bit of variety in the zombie enemies you're facing. So it was enjoyable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, the the types of zombies that you come across, like it starts very early on where it's just these are the shamblers, right? And they're just trying to get up in your grill. But then you do get to the point where, uh, like you said, some of them even have guns. I think that surprised you the most. Like you just, who's shooting yeah, me? Yeah, I was like, yeah, <laughs> I thought I literally thought there was friendly fire and Ryan had like, mistaken yeah. me for a zombie it's like oh no the zombies mistaken. have guns i was like wait what <laughs> certain <laughs> certain zombies only supposed to have teeth <laughs> yeah and they do and i think uh when you're when you're progressing through the game uh i i played so after we we played co-op and then i also checked out um uh, i played some horde mode the today solo campaign right? yeah i did solo campaign and then i checked out horde mode and i checked out i think they had a weekly event but in horde mode, I kind of was introduced to a couple of uh, a couple of new enemies and stuff, and and they do they do kind of vary as you go on. I think we've just we've I wouldn't say scratched the surface on the campaign, but we've definitely got there's more to go in that in that aspect. Yeah, but yeah. we basically we did two cities, right? So we did mm -hmm. like the starting city, which was I want to say Milan, and then we moved on to Venice. Yeah. And Venice, I got super stoked because as soon as you get into the water and you see in the canals, there's those giant zombie sharks that I was so excited about. But you never actually like get to fight them, at least not yet. And I just wanted a zombie shark boss fight. Is that too much to ask? They were <laughs> featured in the final encounter, uh, but we discovered them far too late in the sense that we mm. you could activate them. And I think I activated them once or twice to try to get... so. In the arena sections, uh, and sometimes in the hallway sections, but mostly in the arena sections where you're waiting to kind of progress, you have to oh repel the horde or whatever. Uh, there will be yeah, traps like kill. That you it's can shoot. like you have to basically like kill a certain number of zombies in order to, I guess, trigger the mystical lock so that it'll open into the next section. Is like the technical like in-game mechanic, the story reason or whatever. But yeah, it's just stand there until you smoosh enough things. <laughs> it's uh, and and you know we we were talking about this last night when we were playing the campaign. I said, oh, do you want to you know quit out and and it's a good thing we didn't. We'll get back to that. But uh, do you want to quit out and try horde mode? And you had made the points like, wouldn't horde mode just be like the same? And sure enough, uh, I played one horde mode, and it is it was based on the Venice map with the boat, and you just you fight a wave of enemies, and there were the snipers. Uh, so you have enemy zombie snipers that will come in and stuff, uh, which again, like when you think zombie army, this isn't just left for dead where you're mowing down like four or five types who just are just, you know, uh, evolutions of the shamblers. Like these are, they go places with these things. Uh, but horde mode was essentially yeah, just there like, was legit. I couldn't believe that there was like actual snipers and they were good. Like yeah. they were hard to avoid. <laughs> oh, well, and, and, you know, that's the thing is like, as we were playing, I, I kept thinking like, okay, is this game going to hold 
our attention long enough because if it's just Left 4 Dead, Left 4 Dead was good in, in short bursts, right? Just to get in, play, get out. Um, and that was because you were sort of slamming yourself up against the zombie AI and just playing with friends and having a good time. But in this, it's varied in the, in the enemy encounters. You're not just fighting on one plane. Suddenly in Venice, we're having to deal with these zombies, uh, snipers, who are up in on top of the buildings all around you as you're moving through the canal. And it's very well telegraphed in the sense that you hear the sounds, you see the zombies zipping around, they have like the the jumper ability from that weird Hayden Christensen movie that no one probably saw, uh, where he's jumping around. <laughs> There's probably a better reference, but you know what I'm saying. And uh, and then they have like the green laser sight and stuff, so it's very telegraphed, but it's it's satisfying to have to be like, okay, I'm going to take out the sniper, and then I got to, yo, I got zombies all around me, and... Uh, it it kept things moving in a pace that uh, that was that was satisfying and entertaining. I think, um, and and similar like when you look at horde mode, uh, it lacked the I want to say character that the campaign had because there was no real character in horde mode. It's just essentially defeat the waves. Uh, I think I had the option to escape, but the players I was playing with were trying to like uh, build up score, so they didn't escape. They just kept running. The waves which i thought was like no we have the option to escape and i have to record in 10 minutes so let's go <laughs> but uh i guess they felt we could we could do better but uh i got the sense that we were avoiding the escape like you could have got on the boat and left we had done everything we could do here and now we're just gonna die that doesn't make sense we made it this far so that was a that was a problem i had with with horde mode so i think campaign is definitely the mode to play if you're if you're hopping in and definitely best to play with a friend uh in the sense that uh, you can you know keep each other company watch each other's backs but just keep things fresh and entertaining i think yeah i think i enjoyed the campaign i thought it was uh i mean as decent and compelling a story as like a zombie hitler kind of game can be i mean i am a little bit of like a world war ii junkie like i find all of that kind of history in those battles just so interesting but so like the, that kind of period of history is definitely my jam so throwing zombies on top of all of that was you know at least it was a good way to get me in and then i thought they did a really good job of um kind of building the cities and having giving the cities kind of their own like character so I enjoyed my time in those levels as well to the point that like, guys, I didn't think I was going to say this. Like I, I was kind of, okay. So basically we got the codes provided by um, the PR company mm-hmm. and I very much expected this to be like a, a one and done. Like I'll go in, keep Ryan company, give this game a try. But like, I didn't think that I would want to play it past like night one. Like, you know, give it a try, get a few hours in, get a good feel for the controls, like give some opening thoughts. But like, I actually want to keep playing it. And this is surprising me as much as you guys. Like, it almost reminded me of, do you remember when we played Killing Floor? Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. Yeah. This reminds me of that because it's like, you're just kind of like running around a city and you're killing like wave upon wave of these meat sacks and you just make them explode with your ridiculous weapons in a very satisfying way. And then there is this like background of like World War II in this like alternate 
supernatural universe and it's also kind of giving me like mass effect three vibes with like mm. the big like portals and stuff and all the destroyed like human cities like i don't know guys it just it's like hitting all my check boxes really weirdly <laughs> mm. yeah. and so to the point i want to play again like more i want to see the end of the campaign and the story which I don't know. Zombie Army 4 Dead War just doesn't seem like it would be my jam, but this oddly is. <laughs> I think the campaign really makes it. Uh it it does not take itself seriously. Um the Venice map is entirely us just doing everything while a person on the boat complains about possibly being killed and not wanting to leave the boat, but being fine when we leave the boat. Uh, <laughs> I think you just didn't want to leave the boat. But I, it's it's got that it's got it's got that charm and and sort of like it says doesn't take itself seriously, which would really kill this game. I think if if it took itself way too seriously, um, and and the cool part is is that I, you get the like you said Mass Effect, you get the powers. So this isn't just you shooting; it's also you unlocking powers and upgrades for all your guns. Uh, we did terribly trying to find the upgrade kits while we were playing through the campaign, but we found a couple. Um, yeah, I didn't kind of realize until we were like most of the way through our play session that the upgrade kits were going to be kind of like off the beaten path. So mm -hmm. I think we were just very much like seeing where the zombies were coming from and kind of like running in that direction and just like making chaos and, and blowing up bodies. And that was our kind of focus. And I didn't realize you could explore more of the maps, I guess. Like, I, I definitely thought it was much more on rails than it is. Not to say that there's, it's not an open world, there's not this big exploration, but you can, you know, go down a back alley and some of the doors will open and you can, like, explore, like, different, like, storefronts and apartments and, and the like. And in order, or while you're doing that, you're also then, you know, potentially finding unlockables. So there were all kinds of little like story collectibles. There were a little like um, thing from like the Adams family, mm -hmm. like the hand. You could find those like reanimated hands all over the map and then you kill them and they're collectibles. But they're all like doing these like ridiculously and this kind of speaks a little bit more to your point about it not taking itself too seriously like at one point in venice there was this little disembodied like reanimated hand that was like pushing a gondola <laughs> like yeah. it's just it's it's kind of ridiculous but they're all like collectibles that you can find as you work through the campaign there's also like political like uh propaganda posters and there's um like comic books and stuff like there's all kinds of stuff kind of littered around the map if you go off the beaten path a little bit and i think we didn't do enough of that in uh the milan area specifically and uh, like half of the venice area it wasn't kind of till almost the end that we were like oh maybe we should actually be like exploring a little bit like I, I definitely had the Mass Effect 3 problem where I was like, oh, my God, the world is ending. We have to, you know, get to the commander. He's going to get overwhelmed by the zombies. It's like, no, it he doesn't matter if you take five minutes or if you take 30 minutes. Like, he's going to be just as overwhelmed when you get there. He doesn't actually die. No. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I needed to slow down a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And and I mean, the really cool part is that you, you feel like, oh, man, I'm, it, it, this is a, a game based on Sniper Elite. Am I going to be taking these zombies out one at a time? 
and you do get um, you get three types of guns. You have your rifle, you have your uh, secondary weapon, which we mentioned the shotgun, but there's also uh, automatic weapons, which I mean, shotgun. There is nothing like... except for the shotgun. Yeah. Exactly, the exactly. shotgun is what you what you're supposed to do because like literally. Through. When you get close to the zombies and then you shoot your shotgun, so, uh, there were times I was taking out three or four with a single shotgun blast if they were on top mm -hmm. of me, like if they were close enough, and they just explode, and it's so satisfying. And I feel like maybe a terrible person for like getting as much out of this experience as I did, but no, like, no. they're zombies know, man. and just, they're not. Yeah, they're zombies. It's they're Nazi zombies. Yeah. Exactly, guy. It's fine. It's, like, <laughs> it's uh, they weren't even. <laughs> Uh, they weren't even human to begin with. Um, okay. <laughs> I could say that. Uh, <laughs> anyways. Uh, oh, God. Yeah, I know. Uh, the powers uh, in this game where for each weapon, so you have your melee power. So you start off with a, a, a machete sort of uh, superpower that basically chops everything in your path. So you'll like dismember, you know, heads and arms and stuff, uh, depending on how many zombies are in front of you. Uh, I think I immediate. I eventually unlocked like a like a like a shock glove. Like I could punch people and like do electric damage, and that would spread between zombies. And then there's another one which is um, what was it? It was uh, it was a, a takedown. Um, so the takedown would allow you to, in special circumstances, um, do an instant kill. But you had to kind of stun them first. And and then the the main power that took time to uh, time and kills to power up was specific to the weapon so for the shotgun it was like this um fury blast so you could move you could move and reload really quickly and just pump bullets shells into into zombies uh the and the pistol was really cool because it was kind of like i'm trying to remember the overwatch power but essentially you would paint targets and then you would do like three quick kills uh insta kills so there's a lot of powers and I don't I believe they're they're sort of related to the weapon type as opposed to each weapon. So there there's not many from what I've experienced, but they are still very quick and fun to use in the game for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um yeah, I the only thing that I didn't like in terms of like talking like weaponry and stuff was more like the I guess tertiary things. So like the grenades and then uh, later on we found like trip wires and stuff. And for me, that was where it kind of started to lose me. It's like just doing my shotgun stuff and my sniper rifle was plenty. I didn't really need the extra stuff. And I mean, the grenades, once I kind of got the hang of it, were okay. But even then, like I found I was like canceling my throw more often than than not. And the way that I wanted it to work just wasn't the way it was supposed to work. And I don't know, it was really clunky and awkward to use yeah. any of that tertiary stuff. But like I said, the the actual like fire firepower weapons, your primary and secondary weapons were were actually really great and really satisfying. So I found I didn't need grenades as much, but I wish that they had worked. <laughs> you yeah, know what the, I mean? <laughs> the landmines and the tripwires work okay when you're setting up traps, but the grenades were, uh, they, you could hold the, the, the F button, which is the grenade button, to kind of create an arc, but even then it still felt 
a little awkward to use it. And then when you were well, like yeah, panicking. I felt like what I want to do is yeah. I just want to throw the freaking grenade and it was not working. Like it was taking way too much time to do oh. when all I wanted to do is like throw a grenade where I'm looking. But you just like hit the F button and it's like, oh, sorry, wait, did you, would you like to throw a grenade? Well, you need to hold that button. And then, but if you push the mouse button, then that's going to cancel it. So I felt like I was like, okay, I have to hold the F button. Okay, fine. I'm holding the F button. Let's throw a grenade. And then I'd be like, okay, do the, th like shoot my current weapon. No, that was the cancel button. Okay, um, hold the F button and aim it kind of. And then like uh, let go but then for some reason that didn't work either so i don't know it just guys grenades don't work <laughs> mm -hmm. well i i mean i found with the grenades uh i could like tap the f button and it would it would just toss the grenade but it would kind of not normally go where i wanted it to go so it was really hard to tell where it was going and that's kind of the way i play like when there's a bunch of zombies and you're panicking oh i'm going to toss a grenade and it is not it's not satisfying because it doesn't seem to connect in the way the bullets are connecting like mm -hmm. the bullets the the trajectory and the way they've set that up it works really well for the bullets but the but the grenades um you know i was playing horde mode and i'd be like reloading and then it hit the f button while i'm reloading so once i finished reloading i would like insta toss the grenade and i'm like okay that doesn't feel right so i i, I agree with you the grenades feel off and in a game like this, you kind of want the grenades to work because they're, when we say horde, occasionally, yeah, the zombies will bunch up and it's a perfect opportunity for a grenade. Um, whereas with the trip mines, like if you put them in a, in a choke, in a choke point, that's going to work. I felt that that worked most of the time, but you and I, when we were playing, um, it just, we were kind of in different areas though, too, mm -hmm. because often like you would go off to do the objective and then like I would like defend the point or whatever, which which really worked. It did. Yeah. But like, um, I guess my maybe my problem was that I was setting up tripwires on stairs and the game didn't quite know how to how to deal with that because like I had tripwires across both stairs and then all of a sudden there were zombies coming up both stairs, but no bombs going off. And I was like, what's happening? So I think maybe it just didn't deal with stairs properly or, or didn't register that that tripwire had actually been broken. I don't know. But I mean, it was kind of hit and miss with that tertiary stuff. But I think overall, I mean, like I said, I want to get back in and play it. So um, I I don't know. I feel like, okay, so let's talk about the price because the price mm. of this is a $50 game. So it's not quite AAA pricing, but it's still a pretty big chunk. That being said, like I said, the, the campaign I think is... More interesting than I thought it was going to be. The shooting's really satisfying. And I think together that made an experience that I enjoyed. I probably would wait for this to go on sale, I would say. Mm -hmm. Because I'm not going to get any use out of, like, the multiplayer, like, horde mode type stuff, right? So what I'm going to get use out of is the campaign. And that's going to be kind of like a one and done. I'm going to want to play it when Ryan's around and has time to play so that we can go in there together. Because I don't really want to play it by myself. Um, like a lot of the fun came from the fact that he and I were trying to figure things out together as we went on on comms, right? Mm -hmm. So I think I would probably pay around like 30 bucks for just the co-op campaign. There is a whole, like I said, there's a whole lot more to this game outside of just that co-op campaign. But that kind of stuff isn't what like the horde mode and the multiplayer online stuff. Like that's not what's going to get me in this game. So I don't think it's necessarily worth its price tag for me. 
But if I was going to play a lot of horde mode, if I was going to play a lot of multiplayer online, if I was going to play through the campaign on like multiple difficulties and whatever, then yeah, $50 makes total sense. But mm -hmm. I think for the straight up co-op campaign, I would wait till it goes on sale and I'd try to pick it up for like 25, 30 bucks. Yeah. And this is, uh, this is $50 American, right? And it is, uh, it should be noted. It is an Epic game store exclusive. Um, that's part of the reason, uh, why I, I had two codes and, uh, as you all know, I do a zombie podcast and I, I first said to Lou, was like, Oh, do you want this? And then I realized, wait a minute, he is very against the Epic game store. Uh, so I was like, okay, well then, uh, you know, I'll see if Jocelyn wants to, to take a crack at it and we'll do some co-op and have some fun. Uh, but yeah, it is an Epic game store exclusive. I know sometimes that is a, I think less and less it's be like, I think it was that initial surge of folks that were really frustrated, uh, with the Epic game store, I but think I think people are warming up down. to it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I free games will go up. a long way, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, maybe that was their plans. Like, okay, we're going to get the shit kicked out of us. So let's just give away a bunch of free stuff. And eventually people will have to like us because we're giving away free stuff. Yep. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but it runs, it runs, uh, it runs, it runs fine. Um, the Epic Game Store, as well as Zombie Army 4. I, I did have uh, a couple issues with, you know, multiplayer was, was being a little glitchy, you know, in terms of I would, uh, not when we were playing, but when I was doing horde mode, and it could have been just the host, because it is, uh, as far as I can tell, it's self-hosted in the sense that when I, I'm joining someone's, I was joining someone's game when I was playing horde mode, right. and, and it was doing the weekly event. So I, I'd sometimes shoot, and, uh, well, the zombie would not explode. Like, I would, I would definitely be able to hit it, and it would just... So there was work. some amount of, like, ping, lag... Issues. yeah it's not even, like, i think it was just yeah it was like bullet detection or hit detection mm -hmm. and it just wasn't registering or maybe the game was like wow technically your partner shot that so you know i i don't know it just uh but it seems to run very smoothly like when uh, and i was wrong uh we were talking about this last night when it loads up you have the option between like vulcan and dx12 and I had said, oh, Vulcan's probably the way you want to go. And then uh, I did a I did a quick Google search. And again, someone on our Discord will correct me. But it sounds like DirectX is the one you want to go with if you have NVIDIA. And Vulcan's the uh, one okay. you go with if you have AMD. But my experience with the two of them is that they ran pretty much identical with, a, with my computer. So your results may vary, but there are two options when you boot it up. I had thought Vulcan was more of the... Um, it, it was it just allowed for more performance with a better looking game like it's it's coded differently in that way but again i don't want to go further cuz i'm probably heading down the ryan's not does not know yeah, what he's talking about yeah and i have i have no idea what you're talking about okay. so so someone yeah, in discord will, will not help us. you here <laughs> no, yeah no, no, someone no, in discord fine. can help for sure <laughs> um so i think that's kind of our overall thoughts on zombie army 4 if you guys want to check it out like ryan said it is on the epic game store at a $50 price point uh, the other thing that we checked out this week is not actually a game. It's a TV show about games or about game dev anyways. And it's called Mythic Quest Raven's Banquet. So this is an Apple TV series or uh, sorry, Apple TV Plus is whatever Apple TV's like streaming services. Apple TV Plus. Yeah. Okay. Because I mean, there's so many streaming services and, and some of them have pluses and some of them don't and some of them are flicks <laughs> anyways there's only one isn't there yeah i think there's okay. i think there's only one right now 
Okay, yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to like run through them all in my head. There's like, oh, a prime is another thing. Mm-hmm. Anyways, doesn't matter. Uh, so yeah, it's Apple TV Plus series Mythic Quest Ravens Banquet, created by the guys who made It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Now, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia is not my jam. I have okay. tried to watch that series a few times, and every single time, I'm just sitting there and I'm watching and I'm like. You guys are just a bunch of assholes. Like, I really don't root for anyone. No, you can't. You guys are just, you're cruel and mean to everyone and each other. Like, why, why is this a show? I I just don't get it, I guess. Yeah, no, you you and I had the same reaction. Like, I I remember when Caden was born. Uh, I was looking for something I could turn on and just watch while while he was sleeping or something and it didn't have a lot of action. And it was just like a it's a completely like a sitcom. <laughs> yeah. And it's not a great show for kids. But again, this is like one week old Caden. So he was. Yeah, he won't remember. Stuff. Exactly. <laughs> if I go in and ask, it's like, do you know who this person is? It's like he probably more be likely to say, well, that's the penguin, not Danny DeVito from it's always uh <laughs> not that he should be watching Batman Returns. Yeah, he shouldn't be watching. Also Batman. not great. Okay. It yeah. was a bad anyways, joke. Moving uh, on. That doesn't apply. Uh, but anyways, it's uh, always sunny in Philadelphia. I've tried to watch it and I agree with you. It's just a bunch of people who are being mean to each other and other folks. Uh, and, and not even mean, just like just being real shitbirds about it. Right. So I, I don't know. Uh, maybe I need to give it another chance because people say it is the funniest show on television. I yeah, do like Charlie people- Day. So a lot of people just absolutely love it. And I just cannot get into it. Like I, I haven't tried. I haven't tried in about, ugh, I don't know, probably three or four years, maybe mm-hmm. longer. Like it's been a while since I've given it a chance. So maybe, I don't know, I've matured and changed and I'm ready for it's always sunny now, I'm but sure. I don't Wouldn't think Wouldn't you need so. to I demature? Maybe. I don't immature? know. See, I don't know what it is that's supposed to make me like that I show. But anyway, brow. Like it's, it's, uh, <laughs> Uh, sorry, I'm not, and don't, we're, people yeah, don't take not, this the wrong way. We're not way. reviewing It's Always Sunny right now. We are reviewing <laughs> Mythic Quest. And Good. so basically the premise of Mythic Quest is it is this uh, game dev studio. They make the world's most popular MMO and it's the challenges they face as they launch the next expansion to Mythic Quest, which is Raven's Banquet, which is where the name comes from. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's... Uh, it's interesting because I don't find it to be funny at all. Mm. But I also don't know if it's trying to be funny. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like the first, like, the first few episodes, like, okay, so the first episode, maybe not necessarily as much, but like the second episode deals with like freedom of speech and what to do when there's a whole bunch of Nazis in your game. And then there's an episode about like women in game dev and what it's actually like and trying to encourage young girls to actually like get into game dev. And then there's like, oh, my God, what was the other? What there was another episode. Uh, oh, it was about like just like streamers and like streamer culture oh. and and all that kind of stuff. And I was just like, they're like trying to tackle what seemed to be a lot of uh, like kind of like hot button issues in like gaming and game dev and, and streamer life right now. But they're 
trying to not dumb it down but like make it more accessible for a wider audience well there are which then makes it feel like sometimes it misses the point and i find like i was not really like laughing all that often every once in a while there was a real zinger Mm -hmm. but the majority of the time i'm just like you're exploring topics that are actually really relevant to me and my life but at the same time, I feel like you're kind of missing the point. Yeah, there was, uh, there, there was, so here's the thing. I, I did find, um, some parts of it funny. Like I actually laughed out loud, uh, at some aspects. And that's, that's usually my barometer for comedy. Like there's not many shows that can make me, uh, laugh out loud. And I think, you know, the good place, which has just wrapped up is probably oh my God. one of the greatest the good comedies. Place? Yeah, is such a good show. Mm -hmm. And I feel like The Good Place is a really good comparison here because I feel like The Good Place does an amazing job. I was about to say good again, does a really, really great job of like walking that line between like exploring an issue and teaching you a lesson while also making you laugh. And I feel like Mythic Quest was kind of aiming for that same thing. And now, granted, I have not watched the whole series. There's nine episodes. I've watched five. I think Ryan's watched three. Mm-hmm. And so they're it's like they're trying to teach you something and they're trying to explore an issue, but they're missing that level of like brevity that Good Place had in that like Good Place, because it was literally about like heaven and hell and, and demons and, and stuff. And it had that supernatural element there was the ability to kind of play with some of that and do some crazy things. And there's like a little bit of that in Mythic Quest because they are making a game, but it's not about like the in-game stuff, right? Like that in-game is where they could really start to Hmm. play with like the supernatural because it's a video game, right? You could do whatever you want a video game. But in uh, like being tied to the real world, it's kind of like, they just don't have that same ability to lighten the situation as much. Yeah. I don't know. It's my, my take on the show is basically, as you said, they do, they do try to simplify it a little bit. Um, and, but not to the point that I think this show is going to appeal. Like if you look at, uh, when we originally talked monetization, about monetization, monetization in gaming, that was another, that was one of the other episodes. Anyways, which that was, a, I liked that one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was good. There was, so essentially it, it, they do, uh, they do simplify it a little bit. I don't think this is going to be like big bang theory where everyone's going to be on board. I think you have to have, well, that's some... what I was kind of expecting. I was mm-hmm. expecting the like rim shot, like laugh track, one liners, and done like and sure. and then so i was not i guess in the right like headspace for this i don't know but like it definitely wasn't what i was expecting i was expecting like full-on laugh track laugh track sitcom and that's not what this is like like i said a good place is a really excellent comparison because i feel like that's the bar they were trying to hit and they've come a little shy of that i think mm-hmm. it's not necessarily bad i don't think it's bad but i huh i said i don't i don't think the show i don't think the show is bad i think it's just uh you're right it, I, it doesn't 
sometimes it doesn't feel like it knows what it's trying to do. So other times like they are so monetization is a great example where um danny pudi the 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 guy from community uh is the lead of monetization and there's an episode where essentially he has a disagreement and someone calls him a soul-sucking business suit guy and he's like okay i'm leaving and he and he walks and he basically shuts the company down by leaving i mean they make the mistake of making him the only person who with the keys to the kingdom um that's not realistic but in this in this instance of a sitcom like yeah that that's what they do but um with with monetization i think they 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 do this extreme thing that would never work in the real world and that's where i i come to the big bang theory comparison not in the laugh track but in the sense that you've got these the four most socially awkward people interacting uh alongside all these other folks and that creates a situation comedy so in this case with mythic quest it's the same deal you got the lead of monetization who is not happy and walks away and then the whole company crumbles and it, it's all resolved in this really wacky way like this is not it's not realistic and i and you shouldn't come in thinking it's realistic but Sometimes they try to be realistic and other times they're like, okay, let's throw this out the window and have some fun with it. And that's where for me, it's like, sometimes it feels like it's one step forward and one step back. And I mm. don't know what I want them to do to fix it. So I'm almost kind of like, maybe this doesn't need to be the good place. And it definitely does not need to be Big Bang Theory. And in my personal uh, taste, Big Bang Theory, is, I don't like it. Uh, it, it, it felt good at the start and then it's like, oh no, wait, they're making fun of us and this is bad television. And then you look at, at this show with, with these characters and it feels like a good medium and I'm fine with that. You don't need everything to be like best of the best. I was surprised by the the production quality. This is my first Apple TV mm-hmm. Plus series and I was, I was honestly going in. It's like, okay, this is a video game show. It's going to be, the production value is going to be what brings us down and it's top notch. Uh, it really is. And I know... You haven't actually seen the episode yet, but um, episode five kind of takes things like all the way back to the 90s. And it's like the show looks awesome. And it, again, explores interesting ideas in our universe. I just don't know how well it hits the mark, I guess. And there, like there are just some characters and some situations that I'm just like, this feels like it's being written from the outside looking in instead of like the inside looking out, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And and so it just feels like they totally missed the mark. And I think for me, the biggest character that could just be totally written off the show, and I, I wish that she was just not there, is the assistant. Yeah, she's like bad. The, she's ugh, not great. She is terrible there's like, like a, a two minute joke about character. suicide and it's yes. like no move on this is not oh. good <laughs> and and even the characters in the show are like you need to stop trying yeah. to make people commit like she literally and maybe this is the it's it's, it's always sunny in philadelphia thing where it's like maybe this is funny to some people but literally this character she's obsessed she's very uh she's obsessed with the creative director of the game yeah and she essentially like uh tells a 14 year old to kill himself yeah uh, in no in no like veiled terms literally for a reason that i couldn't even really nail down like she just kind of comes out of nowhere she's written very poorly 
it's almost like you know the the crazy eye girlfriend meme mm -hmm. it's like that's the character that they were aiming for but then they just totally completely and utterly missed the mark on her and i don't know if they were like trying to make her represent like the worst of the worst of like super fandom or what but whatever it was like the show would just be better if she was not no, ever she's... on it like <laughs> and i mean the, they really the... don't need her character at all for anything they don't the, i mean the actress who plays her she's fine it's just it's the writing um i don't think that character i don't well, know yeah, i think it's it's pretty clear that like yeah what i'm talking about is, is yeah, the yeah, character. No, 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 no. not that i have nothing uh, yeah, against course. the actress i don't know her from i don't know her anyone either. else it's just i don't like, know why i said that it just felt like you know what like uh we're gonna be i'm definitely not ragging on the actress at all i'm, Everybody, I'm ragging all on acting. the writing and the and the creation of that character i think that the show would just be a hundred times better if mm -hmm. that character had just not been inserted because like we're saying there are some things that where they just miss the mark and maybe if they didn't have that character they'd have a little bit more airtime to i don't know let other ideas breathe let other characters speak like not have some of these awkward moments that feel inserted kind of along the lines of big bang theory because it's kind of like she's so out of place and she makes all the other characters uncomfortable and it's like she's only there to create that kind of like social anxiety and uncomfortable nerd type feelings do you know uh, what i mean right yeah, like yeah. you're you're very much like trying to create the big bang big bang theory vibe when it doesn't need to be in there at all like yeah. I, yeah. What did you, uh, I'm curious, what did you think about the uh, social media manager, the community? <laughs> I was wondering if we were going to talk about her. Okay. Yeah. Um, like, because oh you and my I have God. both done that so job, right? We like, have, and I've done it in gaming. Yeah, and... I've never done it. I don't want to do it in <laughs> gaming. <laughs> yeah. Like, she is just, oh, God. Okay. First of all, she is hilarious. I thought She's it was a good really take. funny. I, honestly, yeah, I thought that was a good a great... direction. Yeah, I love how they like stuck her down in the basement because she just makes everyone so uneasy because they're just like, we don't understand how she does what she does. It's literally the worst job in the company. And like, but she's so happy and she just yeah. has this perma like, no, don't read that. It's OK. I can deal with this. Well, <laughs> like, she's also kind um, of like manic look. And I'm like, I've had those eyes. I have been that person. Yeah. Like, you don't want to read this. I've, I've yeah. adjusted it. You know? Uh, yeah. This, she, yeah. This is what you hired me for. I'm supposed to protect you from this. Oh, God. My eyes are bleeding. What is it? It's like she says, oh, most of the bad stuff's filtered. But, uh, you know, God bless our American right to not be able to censor handwriting. And <laughs> censor I'm like, the, yeah. Censor the written word or something. And I thought like, that yeah, she's got golden. all these handwritten letters. I'm like, at least I never had to read handwritten letters like yeah. <laughs> I I really like that and I'm glad that character wasn't turned into like a mindless zombie because there is a point in that same episode where uh they call her they're dealing with um Nazis in the game Kotaku uh writes a front page article they're looking for comment essentially there's this guild that is filled with Nazis in the MMO and later on in the episode they call her and she's or she calls them and says like hey have we solved this I'm still you know Kotaku's getting ready to write another article um and they're like oh yeah we're gonna fix it and, and she's like okay so you're kicking them out like she's she's still she's very she's a very smart and capable uh character in that she she may be odd and wild and out there mm -hmm. and extreme but she's still 
good at her job. And I think that's where most of the good characters, uh, the characters that I like is that, yes, they're extreme. Um, yes, they are. Their they're role. competent. Exactly. They're competent. And, and I don't necessarily hate the character, but I, I do dislike um, I we were trying to determine what the role was. So you have the creative director and then you have like maybe the producer he's the executive he's the executive producer yeah, yeah and he um he's he is essentially like he's not competent at his job and i and sometimes it's funny and sometimes it's not uh and and he would be the only other character that i'm he's still growing on me but everybody else has sort of been like okay i really like all these other characters except for the assistant i i think uh i don't know maybe she bounces back but if you're at episode five and she still hasn't like i don't know well, and see, the thing about episode five is it's really, really weird because they just take this entire. And so I haven't watched, obviously, uh, six, seven, eight, nine yet. Maybe it comes back around. But you get four episodes of this mythic quest dev team. And then episode five, for some reason, follows this couple through the 90s and early 2000s. Are they, is it like his... Is it like his parents? No, they, as far as I can tell, have no relation whatsoever to Mythic Quest or the characters on that dev team. It's just this extra story they wanted to tell that totally derails like the pace of the show. Hmm. Not to say it was bad. So it features um, the the girl is the mother. Maybe I'm going to spoil. You know what? How I Met Your Mother ended a really long time ago. If you guys don't know who the mother is and How I Met Your Mother, then... You're right. not fans. So it's no, the actress true. that plays the mother in How I Met Your Mother. Oh, I love her. She's great. And um, yeah, uh, gosh, why I had it. Fargo. She's in one of the seasons <laughs> of Fargo. She's great. And then the the guy is um, from I'm totally blanking on the name of the show, but it was Fargo. like the Zoe Deschanel. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, they uh, all lived girls. in one apartment. Some, um, some kind of Zoe girls. What is it called? That's not it. Yeah, there's like no, but it's two like um, a, uh, two girls, a guy, and a pizza place. But it's that's not that. Not it. No, yeah. no, no. <laughs> Why do I? New girl, new girl. See, I knew new it. New girl, yeah, new girl, exactly. Okay, it. so yeah. <laughs> it's like um, the the guy from that show that's like not the really well dressed one, like the bartender guy. Oh, um, the guy who does the voice of Spider Man in Into the Spider Verse, Jake Johnson. Johnson, Johnstone, John. I don't know. I have no idea. You could guess. He's awesome. A, a I billion love him. names, and I would never get it. And so I'm gonna go it's watch the two of them. Okay, and cool. it's it's an interesting story, but the pacing is so weird compared to the rest of the show, and it to totally takes you out of the story because there's nothing to do with Mythic Quest, and they right at the very end of the episode like bring it back to Mythic Quest, but I'm just like. I literally thought the episode was like an hour long because of the way it was paced. And, and I was like, kind of like sitting there, like not looking at my watch, but like feeling like it was really dragging on. And then at the end of the episode, it was like 34 minutes instead of all the other episodes that were 30 minutes. And I was like, no way. I thought I just lost an hour of my life. <laughs> oh, I really like, like it wasn't actors, bad. So. It wasn't necessarily bad. I was just like, why am I watching this right now? Because it's not like I thought I had chosen the wrong show. Like, I thought I'd click the wrong thing in the Apple TV interface. Like, that's how out of left field this episode was. Maybe. So, so do you I think it's just this, a... I don't know what this show is, Ryan. I, I, I don't know. Which do... is why I'm just like, I don't know what to do. Like, and that's the... I don't know what to say, whether this is good or bad. Like, maybe I just need to watch the whole thing before I render a final, like, 
verdict on it, but I, I can't say it's good, but I can't say it's bad. It's very much, um, it's a thing that exists. Here, here's my, <laughs> this is, the, this is probably what, what people need to sort of mull over if they're willing, if they're looking to watch this or if they haven't subscribed to Apple TV plus essentially, um, if you're listening to this, you're into video games. There are not many products like this. This is high quality. It's not bad. It's not great. But at least it's about something that you have a passion for. And it doesn't uh, It doesn't feel like it's pandering. And it doesn't feel like it's slapping you down. Um, outside of... That is, all of that is true. I agree yeah. with everything you just said. Outside yeah. of maybe the Twitch streaming. Like, I, I, uh, like the Twitch streamer. I was watching that and I'm like... I don't like this. I don't know if these people actually exist, but they I know exist. there are competent streamers that aren't this, but yeah. maybe the famous ones are, but, but there are famous ones that are also competent. I just, it felt like that was the, that was probably not the extreme, uh, it, for comedy. Yeah. You go that route. It's essentially a 14 year old called like pooty shoe and it's like morning radio t- style type stuff. Um, I feel like it would have been nice to maybe have like a, like a comparison to that but i don't know maybe how, how do you make well, a competent think, twitch streamer funny i guess i don't know i think they might be going that direction and i won't okay. spoil much because they actually like go to a streamer con and it's this whole big thing so oh, okay cool like uh, yeah uh, I, so i think they might be like trying to show the the contrast there so i'm kind of reserving judgment about that but i do definitely know that there are streamers and youtubers who definitely act like Mm. that character does so i mean you know it is what it is it's not as out of touch as maybe it seemed because you're right like that character carry caricature i don't know why i can never wrap wrap my tongue around that word um it seems like a crazy extreme interpretation of a person right and so I can see how that would seem Big Bang Theory ish. Like they're they're taking like the worst of the worst and blowing it up and making it look so bad. But there are streamer, there are personalities that that definitely are acting like that <laughs> on the internet and getting a lot of popularity for it. So okay, I mean it is what it is. But it is. Yeah. yeah, I mean so, it it um it fits within the overall show so far of what I've seen. It just, it felt a little like, oh, okay. Like, again, the extremes that they go to with some of the characters, like, mostly hit, but the few misses do kind of bring the overall show down. I think you nailed it. The, the assistant character is is terrible, but terrible. from <laughs> what I'm seeing, like, all of the characters are realizing this, which is essential for my enjoyment of the show. If everyone mm. also notices that, I'm like, at least the show isn't playing blind. Like, people are literally the the the, the lead developer the guy the brains behind it all is saying like okay we probably need to fire her <laughs> you know and uh at least that's that's important i think is is at least the, the characters are acknowledging that that she's yeah but she is extreme even within the confines of the show yeah i yeah. agree so yeah, I'm sure uh, we'll have some final thoughts on that probably next week as both Ryan and I wrap up watching Mythic Quest, but uh, it is available now over on Apple TV+. Plus. If you are a subscriber to that, uh, speaking of subscribers, if you guys want to support the show, you can head on over to patreon.com slash thegamersin to support what we're doing here. That brings us to our topic of the week this week. We've got a couple of news stories for you. So Gears of War, boss is out he is going to be overseeing diablo Mm -hmm. 
which is very interesting because Diablo 4 could use some help. I mean, we assume, right? Like I think- We assume. Well, okay. So the reason that I say Diablo 4 could use some help is because as we covered throughout the year last year, the reason that we didn't get a Diablo 4 announcement at BlizzCon 2018 was because Diablo 4 was a hot mess. There were way too many concepts. Nothing was really decided on. They couldn't pick a direction. There were many, you know, start making it, scrap it, start making it, scrap it uh, iterations on what Diablo 4 should look like. And it seems like now, based on the demo that I played at BlizzCon 2019, we're looking at, I, I hesitate to say more of the same because I don't know Diablo well enough to point out the differences between Diablo 3 and what I played at BlizzCon but to the Diablo layman Diablo 4 felt a whole lot like Diablo 3 with a couple of changes with a little bit more like verticality to maps like yeah you could interact with like yeah you could jump down and you could interact with like pathways like below you and you could jump over chasms whereas before there very much were like invisible walls So, I mean, the world was a little bit more of an open 3D space. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, outside of that, it did look and feel a whole lot more like just straight up more of Diablo Mm 3. I mean, that may or may not be a good or a bad thing, depending on your perspective on Diablo 3. But I think the point here is that blizzard is getting to the point where they need to get diablo 4 into the hands of people and it's probably not a 2020 thing it's probably a 2021 thing but they're kind of running out of time in in terms of um the patience that their fans have uh before they're going to go off to things like path of exile like path of exile is like just growing 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 and people love path of exile Hmm. so i mean they're people are are kind of walking away from Blizzard and walking away from the Diablo franchise and the the tide especially looking at this whole Warcraft 3 debacle like Blizzard doesn't have the same sort of um clout with fans anymore like they've kind of lost all that goodwill in the last couple of years so if they don't put something out for Diablo then whatever they do put out is just it's going to flop because no one's going to care if they do it three or four years from now, like it kind of needs to come out imminently. And when I say imminently, I mean, obviously imminently in a gaming dev perspective. So we're yeah. talking, you know, a year or two, but it needs to come out quickly. And so I think that's why they've brought in, uh, and I don't have his name in front of me, Ryan, maybe you can save yeah, me so here, but Rod Ferguson um, is the, is the, is the guy he's headed up pretty much every gears of war game. He actually left Epic to go to Irrational, uh, which were the folks that were making Bioshock Infinite, he is sometimes known as uh, the fixer. So we would have covered this on the Gamers Inn when Infinite was was in its final stretch, where Rod Ferguson went over to that team, and essentially his sole job was to make sure that game shipped in a competent and playable and, and fantastic package, right? So which I've got to say, I really did enjoy Infinite. I Mm -hmm. mean, it was not my favorite of all of the Bioshocks, but I mean, it was kind of hard to top what had come before. Like both Bioshock one and two, I'm not even 100 percent sure if I could pick a favorite out of the two of them, because 
they were just so well done. I really, really enjoyed them. So when Infinite came out, the bar was so high that I don't think anything would have cleared it, but it came damn close. So, I mean, it's probably a good thing getting this guy in on Diablo because, like I said, they, they need to get something out and they need to get something out that's good. Mm -hmm. Like, Blizzard can't really afford another flop. No, not with a mainline game. I mean, um... Warcraft 3 Reforged being what it is will probably only be a blemish on their career or their record for uh for just a little bit. I think people are going to well, remember yeah, but it. But at but... the same time, like, I mean, right now we're kind of like Hearthstone is having or had a really good 2019 and is having a good 2020 so far with the launch of Battlegrounds in terms of the in-game stuff. But in terms of like the out of game stuff, like I'm not going to go into the whole debacle again, but I mean... Hearthstone didn't have a great PR year. Warcraft hasn't had a great PR year. And I really wish I had a glass of water right now because I'm totally going to cough. <laughs> Sorry. But yeah, so BFA has not been the best received WoW expansion ever. And then you have um, the whole Diablo Immortal thing that happened in 2018 at that BlizzCon instead of the Diablo 4 announcement. Like, they've kind of been on top of Warcraft 3. They've just kind of been like kicking themselves in the shins somehow like over and over and over again and just like stumbling through on the reputation that they've had in previous years and all the goodwill that they built up by making some really great products but the stuff that they've put out lately has not been anything to write home about and uh yeah it's just people aren't looking at them the same so they're they need some help they need someone to come in with an outside perspective who's worked for companies that maybe didn't have the same goodwill and clout that Blizzard has had in the past to say like, okay, this is what you guys actually need. This is what you need to do. Here's what the direction of your game should be. Like they need some like fresh eyes on the project, I think. Well, I don't think they've really, I, and I'm going to, this is just my perception, but I, I don't know if Blizzard's really had a person like this come in and, and, and objectively, and this was exactly what Irrational needed with Bioshock Infinite. They needed someone from the outside to come in and say, no, this is what the path, this is the design doc, this is yeah. what you're doing, let's ship it, let's get it out. And I don't know if Blizzard has had that because the Blizzard that we've loved is, you know, developers coming in, it's ready when it's ready, it'll be out when it's ready, it will take years to make StarCraft II, it'll take a decade to wrap it up, that is the blizzard way and maybe maybe in this new age of of how much it costs to make a game and player expectations maybe but diablo 4 requires we cannot a person that comes in it's like we cannot afford to screw this up we also cannot afford to ship this um after 2022 right, right. um a lot of people are saying like hey you know maybe rod ferguson joining the team means the game comes out in 2021 I was not as optimistic about 2021. 2020 was definitely not happening, but I could see, you know, a May 2021 being possible. I think it kind of I think it kind of has to be 2021 for uh just the sake of the Diablo franchise personally. I mean, Diablo's Diablo's an odd one, right? Um like Diablo 3 is still competent and it's certainly I don't know if Diablo 4 is going to be as long a wait as we've waited for diablo 2 to 3 but it's i think from the blizzard standpoint it's the story that is that is going 
sort of un unanswered. You know, StarCraft, from what I recall, ended. It was a complete story, so to say. You know, they they did kind of go back to it in StarCraft Two and created, you know, wrapped up other things and created new things to kind of, you know, string to pull on. But with Diablo Three, it ended with a cliffhanger. Um, the the final expansion. So we've been sitting here waiting for the conclusion, or at least you know the continuation of that story. Right. So I I agree with you. I, I, I Diablo can't wait much longer. Probably more due to the story than than the gameplay, because I think the gameplay is solid, and I think it runs on all modern sort of hardware, for, to, so to speak. So, and as far as I know, it's still being supported, and they have yeah. um, like seasonal characters and leaderboards and all that kind of stuff like people are still playing it not to say that people aren't playing necessarily but it's definitely i think um fallen off a little bit and uh, there are a lot of competitors in that market now that didn't exist before and you know we're we're in a different era now in terms of game development where you can't necessarily you know release when you want to release based on if it's ready or not like there are deadlines and they're owned by a bigger company now and there are shareholders to please. And, you know, mm-hmm. we can talk in circles about, you know, how terrible that is for, for the actual game development process. And uh. we have in other shows, but at the same time, like that, that's the reality that they're living in now. So they're, I mean, they've kind of got to iterate. Yeah. If, the... if they're going to, without saying like kind of what they've done with Starcraft, where it's like, no, we're not working on a Starcraft three this is what StarCraft is. We will continue to support StarCraft 2. It's a great game. You know, we'll keep balancing it. We'll keep iterating. We'll keep adding co-op captains and whatever. But, like, this is StarCraft. This is what it is. And unless the, they do that to Diablo, which they don't seem to be doing. Yeah, which um, is Like, maybe odd. they will after 4. I don't know. But I, I it's hard to say. Um, I think I think where Blizzard is... is uh awkward for many gamers is that this is not the blizzard we know this is activision blizzard um i think it's it's no longer a derogatory term to say like oh this is this isn't blizzard this is activision blizzard like they're not different companies they are activision blizzard but there are other companies many 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 other video game companies like even looking at nintendo um or or any microsoft or sony you know uh developer you still have you they have shareholders shareholders to uh appease all the time and they make great games and they make mistakes, but it's not the end of the world. So I think this is just Blizzard kind of catching up with their their new structure, right? And I, I think yeah. uh I'm I look forward to seeing what Rod Ferguson can bring to Diablo. Obviously he's got the blood and guts on his side <laughs> with uh with Gears of War and a lot of people felt Diablo three was missing uh that and we saw in the Diablo Four. Well they yeah, it, with the bloody. uh yeah with with the trailer that they showed at BlizzCon, they showed a departure from a uh, PG Diablo and uh, definitely went more down the the blood and gore type uh, route, which I think is uh, is probably a good thing. I think mm-hmm. a more mature Diablo is probably going to please the, the hardcore Diablo crowd. So looking forward to seeing what comes out of Blizzard in terms of Diablo and uh, hopefully we'll see it in... Uh, well, we'll definitely see it at the next BlizzCon, but hopefully we'll see... Uh, an actual release date of 2021. Cross your fingers. Uh, one final piece of news tonight. Uh, Ryan, I'm pretty much going to let you take mm-hmm. this one because I think everybody knows I didn't actually play Anthem because Good call. it just looked like a hot mess. <laughs> so uh, 
Anthem, though, is getting an update. It's not just a patch. This is going to be a major overhaul. So, Ryan, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about what BioWare is up to with this hot yeah. mess? So this is this has been heavily rumored and now has been confirmed by BioWare and uh, studio director Casey Hudson, the fantastic person behind uh, the Mass Effect trilogy. And essentially, when Anthem launched, a lot of problems. The game was you know, competent, but suffered from some really odd game design choices and essentially just a really disjointed experience that didn't live up to what they were originally promising. Uh, So essentially what they're doing is they are acknowledging the fact that they've had these issues at launch. They really love the world. and, And I agree. I think the world and the characters and the story were interesting and could go places and they could do some stuff with it in comparison to other games in this sort of genre like destiny and uh maybe i guess you could include uh the the other one why is that why am i blanking on it i want to say waypoint but that's not it it's the one uh warframe there it is so the story (laughs) the story isn't necessarily something that's front of mind it's mostly gameplay and that's where anthem struggled is that it was it was just it felt very disjointed and awkward so what they're doing is they're essentially re uh i don't want to say rebuilding but they want to basically relaunch the game do a 2.0 uh of anthem and in order to do that they are going to need to basically take the entire anthem team and focus them on this you know reinvention uh of the game so it's they're saying in their words it will require a more substantial reinvention than an update or expansion so they're not releasing anthem colon subtitle uh or anthem 2.0 they're basically taking anthem and they're rebuilding it and making it more of what the players expected my understanding um from this post is it sounds like they've been doing this for a while that's been the rumors and essentially the reason they're making it public is they're saying okay over the next couple months we are going to be looking at longer term redesign of the experience specifically working to reinvent the core gameplay loop with clear goals, motivating challenges, and progression with meaningful rewards. Uh, so that's what they're focusing on over the coming months, which essentially means that the current version of Anthem, not that anyone is really going to be worried about this, but the current version of Anthem will remain stagnant. Um, mm-hmm. They have supported Well, that was kind it. of, I think, I think the big point of this post mm-hmm. was to say, like, look, here's some stuff that we had been doing, you know, seasons and, you know, whatever else. And we've decided to basically pull the teams, pull the devs that have been working on that stuff and put them on this like ground up redesign. And so that means that if you're currently playing Anthem, you're basically shit out of luck. Yeah. I mean, it's not like a, it's not shutting it down. Your game will still be there, but, and I hope I would hope that once they do the redesign, anyone who owns Anthem just gets it. But <laughs> I mean, I would be heavily surprised if they tried to charge for this. I think anyone who owns Anthem, and if you go, if you're even remotely interested in Anthem, if you go buy it for like whatever it costs, probably like five bucks now. And I have seen it <laughs> for five bucks. It's that, that's not really? A yeah. Oh, it, wow. it's been low. So if you bought it, you essentially are pre-ordering for five bucks this new game. However, that's a gamble. Who's to say it's actually going to be? Well, the only thing the only thing that gives me pause in this update post is the fact that they say that it's not. okay. so 
an update. It's more substantial than an update. So an update to me reads like free patch. Mm-hmm. When they say expansion, that reads to me as some piece of content that I pay 30 or 40 bucks for. Okay. So when they're saying it's more substantial than either one of those terms that I'm familiar with, it makes me think, okay, so are you putting out Anthem 2? Like, am I going to have to pay for that? Because if it's uh, more substantial yeah. than an expansion that I would pay for, then are you also telling me it's going to cost me more money because it's more substantial? Like, that's where my head goes. But maybe it's just because I'm cynical. I Because I would hope after mm. the catastrophe that was this game that they realize that the people that they have that are even like not even going to give them a second chance but like the people that they have currently playing an anthem like they that's all they've got <laughs> they mm-hmm. have to keep those folks happy because the majority of the rest of us like either got burned with mass effect andromeda and so didn't give anthem a chance like me or were the eternal optimists like Ryan who even gave Anthem a chance because it was Bioware and then still fell off it like a week later because of all of the gameplay loop issues. Like there's not a whole lot of people left that are really on Bioware's side here with Anthem. So I think that they have to do the best that they can to not piss those people off. So to me that screams you better make this a free update. It's... But I don't know. Like, I, I find the the two uh, ideas just total polar opposites in this post. And I really think it could go either way. That either it's like Anthem 2, here's the full price AAA title, or here's a free update for everyone who currently owns Anthem. And I hope it's the latter. I hope it's the free update. But I, I don't know, man. I don't know if we live in that world. I, I think we do. I don't think this is a sequel. <laughs> Here's the thing. And I know you just made fun of me for saying an eternal optimist. Eternal optimist, optimist right? Yeah. I think like you can't you can't charge people who bought this game just a year ago and say like, here's Anthem 2, sorry. Um, I th- <laughs> <laughs> That's literally the subtitle. Anthem 2, colon, sorry. <laughs> but, but, but essentially, I think they do, they do, they're able to do both in the sense that me, as someone who bought in an anthem at, at day one, gets this new anthem for free as an update. However, this, and I just finished saying, like, you can pick up anthem right now for probably close to five bucks, maybe 10 or 15 if, if you haven't found the five dollar deal. But essentially, when they relaunch it and they get good press or whatever, they're able to sell that game at its true value of $80 again, $80 Canadian. Mm. So I think that's where they get both by doing this work is they realize similar to No Man's Sky, um, huge uproar, but they release these updates and they continuously make the game better. And that allows them, whereas uh, when it launched, the game was diving into the bargain bin. But then as they do these updates, it allows them to keep the price fresh and it doesn't go below you know, uh, 60 or 40% off on a steam sale. Right. Whereas okay. I Anthem, can, I can kind of see where you're coming from. I, I think that's, that's the thinking. Um, but whether we live in that world or whether EA allows Bioware to live in that world, I agree with you. It's hard to say without, it's hard to say definitively, like just saying like, okay, this is happening for sure. But essentially the current Anthem is just going to have, uh, a rerun of last year's events that they did, sort of spin out but never got me to back into the game um 
they are going to do an anniversary towards the end of February. Uh, but what that is, it sounds like it's minimal. And that'll be the last new event for the anthem as we know it. But this post makes it sound like we are going to be getting the new anthem before summer is kind of how I would look at this post. Um, I'm curious, other than your like optimist brain, but sure. where, how do you, where do you pull summer from? Uh, where was it? They say, um, there was, there was a specific, like over the next few months type thing. Um, I had it and I even read it, but now I don't <laughs> see it. It does. It says over the coming months, we'll be focusing on a longer term redesign. Um, so is that what you're thinking is over the coming months is like, you know, uh, three to four as opposed to. If this post like, is them saying we're going to start doing this, they should have done it a long time ago. Yeah. So I, I I think you're right. It is the optimist in me saying like, oh, they've been working on this for a while. And over the coming months, they're essentially because then they say like they're pulling the team to give a focus, give a giving a focus team the time to test and iterate meaning they're probably mm -hmm. a, like further along in this process. But um, I don't know how this news has been received in the sense that if people are just like, okay, yeah, sure, well, talk to us when you've got it there. Um, but Anthem's still kind of not what we wanted. But um, this is required for Bioware to, to redeem itself, right? There's no way they could just leave Anthem, uh, you know, on the side of the road. They did that with mm -hmm. Andromeda. They blamed it on a studio and they said like, well, you know, Bioware Montreal doesn't exist anymore. Andromeda is our one. Leave it behind. They can't do that with Anthem because then they'd have two duds back to back. And like, that's, that's not going to fly. I mean, it's similar situation to our past story about Blizzard. Like Diablo 4 can't launch in a dud fashion. It's got to be good because they just had a very out of character launch. And as mm -hmm. you stated, as a as a uh, WoW fan, Battle for Azeroth is to a, to a hardcore fan also a not so great uh, experience. I I don't know. I played the expansion; they all seem <laughs> very similar, in the sense that wow, this is great. It's more WoW, but um, I know about an, when it comes to an MMO, it's about long term. So it's same thing here. Like Anthem requires long term success for there to be. Bioware success, right? And they that's where they know they probably needed to to relaunch it. I think Bioware is capable and this probably just goes to show that Anthem needed another 6 to 6 to 12 months to properly launch and they just weren't given the time. So that's mm -hmm. I'm glad they're getting the time. Let's just see if it pans out. Well, they're getting the time after they've already got all the dollars, right? <laughs> yeah, and that's where they have to be very careful and I mean yeah. there are only a few studios that have really well, there's only one studio that I can think of that's actually there. There are two studios. There's uh, there's Square Enix with their Final Fantasy 14. They did a complete new relaunch and it redeemed themselves. And that MMO is now like top of the line. Uh, and then also No Man's Sky. I think uh, Hello Games also did something where they they were able to redeem themselves. So it's not cheap. It's very expensive to fix this type of mistake, but uh, we shall see. Oh, Ryan, so optimistic. I, I not, look forward. Look, I'm, not, I'm not giving them another cent. Don't get me wrong. I'm I know. Just... Well, I know you already gave them all your cents. <laughs> I mean, I got the game discounted even before launch. Oh, uh, actually, I now I don't. I don't think I did. I think I. <laughs> I did. I think I did the uh, the the origin sort of ten percent off thing. So yeah, they they got a good chunk of change, 
And I think that's where I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm as someone who's bought in, I think I, I want this to be good. Uh, mm-hmm. But you're right. Cautiously optimistic is probably the safe bet for me. Well, I look forward to your thoughts once they actually relaunch Anthem and hopefully it uh, is better. Like, I can't think of a different way to phrase that. I just hope it's better. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, that's going to do it for us tonight, guys. If you want to let us know what you thought about the show this week, you can either hit us up on Discord at bit.ly slash TGI Discord. Or you can email us at info at gamersinpodcast.com. You can also follow us on Twitter. You can find me, Jocelyn, at JossPlays. Ryan is at R. Murphy. And don't forget to follow the show at The Gamers Inn. Thanks for staying at The Gamers Inn. Remember, tune in next week. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone.